Welcome to Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Ryan. We're three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all times and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is now an affiliate of Amazon.com, the online megastore that offers Earth's biggest selection. Amazon seeks to be the world's most customer-centric company where customers can find and discover almost any product they can imagine, usually at the lowest possible prices. If you're going to shop on Amazon anyway, it would be cool if you could first click on the Amazon link on the Rocktail Hour's homepage or affiliates page. And Amazon will kick a few shekels back to Rocktail Hour to help fund the free podcast. In today's Rocktail Hour, Treg is going to do a very special edition for Valentine's Day. And he has heretofore not disclosed the song to Ryan or myself. So we're kind of excited to hear what he's going to say. Treg, surprise us. What you got? Well, first of all, I want to dedicate this rock tale hour to my sweetheart for Valentine's Day. Love you, oh, Jenny. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't mean me? No, he said Jenny. <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. You too, Tim. There have been uh, rock and roll songs about love ever since Elvis first gyrated his hips or Chuck Berry did the first duck walk. Uh, there are so many rock songs with joyous expressions of heartfelt love, but nothing says love and romance for Valentine's Day like Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified. I was, I was terrified you were going to do White Snake again. I'm so glad it's something else. I, or Everly Brothers. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't sure where he was going. A Whole Lot of Love is from Led Zeppelin's 1969 studio album, Led Zeppelin II. This was their first hit single in the United States and, only, and, and their only top ten on the Billboard charts, peaking at number four. As with other Led Zeppelin songs, no single was released in the United Kingdom. The band felt that releasing singles would hurt album sales, so they didn't release singles in uh, England. Hmm. So this song is numbered... Just England, though? Yeah, they released some singles in the United States. Oh, okay. What was the difference? Right, yeah. In, in the United States, people were accustomed to purchasing singles. Oh, okay. And, okay. and, and they regularly purchased a lot of singles on those little 45s yeah. Yeah. Know, back then, right? Yeah. Whole Lot of Love is number 75 on Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. And it's number 11 on their list of the 100 greatest guitar songs. Mm. This song has an incredible driving riff. It's been uh, described as one of the mightiest guitar riffs in rock history. Uh, that riff was the genesis for the song. In fact, the whole song was built upon that one riff. Sing it for us, will you? That's right. So Jimmy Page, who was lead guitar for Led Zeppelin and, and also considered one of the top three guitarists of all time, right alongside Jimi Hendrix and Eric Clapton. And I'm sure there's others that people would throw in there, but from the Rolling Stone list of the greatest guitarists, that's how they rank the top three. And everybody, I think, ranks Jimi Hendrix as number one. Yeah. But I'm not sure that's always fair. I think that – I think Jimmy Page could arguably be number one. And it were it not for the fact that Jimi Hendrix died so young and there's sort of that romanticism behind that mystique of Jimi Hendrix – Maybe maybe Jimmy Page might be remembered a little differently. And of course, being number two or number three isn't bad. <laughs> right. But and I, that's certainly not in any way to denigrate Jimi Hendrix, who was who was brilliant. But I just think that uh, Jimmy Page is in a class all by himself, and I think he rivals 
in, in many ways, Jimi Hendrix. So now, about no Eric, offense. What about or, Eric Clapton, though? Does Eric Clapton yeah. belong in the top three? I think so. I'd, I'd probably rank. I, I, I don't think They're so. They're almost he, interchangeable. Well, he's, he's easily in the top ten for me. But Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix, you can battle that out for number one and number two. And I could make an argument that one should be – in a different spot than the other, but they're both great. But Eric Clapton for me, I, I don't know. I, and again, I don't want to offend anybody because they're all great. They're all incredible. Yeah. There's some great guitarists though. Yeah. yeah you know, definitely. it's hard to say who those should be, but clearly Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix right there at the top. I'd, I'd put all three of those guys tied for first. Would you? Yeah. All incredible. Unbelievable. But you know, they also, they also played sort of different styles, a little bit they different did. styles. That's true. Yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the the genesis for this whole song was this riff that uh, Jimmy Page came up with. And he, he came and brought it to the guys. He says, we were at the house, and I played this riff for him, and, and then we went from there and, and created this song. So after hearing the riff, Robert Plant thought, well, what am I going to sing? And so he ended up working into the song many of the lyrics of a favorite Willie Dixon blues number called You Need Love. And it's interesting that the Small Faces had also done a raucous cover of the song, which Plant knew. He was a fan of the Small Faces, and in particular, the, the lead singer for the Small Faces, which is Steve Marriott. He was a fan of them, and he'd heard this song, and so he hears this riff, and what am I going to sing? Well, let's go, you need loving. And so what did he do? He borrowed the lyrics from the Willie Dixon song and as covered by the Small Faces. So in particular, lyrics such as, you need coolin', baby, I'm not foolin', those came straight out of the Willie Dixon song oh, yeah. Yeah, and others as well. And it's also interesting, if you listen to the Small Faces version against the Led Zeppelin version, the phrasing of the vocals is very similar to uh, Robert Plant and Steve Marriott. They sound very similar. It's really cool. Uh, you know how I love litigation stories and Willie Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, Willie Dixon ended up suing Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I was over, wondering if you were going to yeah, go there. Oh, awesome. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he sued them because of the similarities with his song, You Need Love. But uh, the parties reached a settlement out of court. I think, it was, I think it was about 10 years of litigation or so. Wow. They reached a settlement. And Robert Plant, uh, in commenting on this, he says, quote, That was it. A nick. Now happily paid for. At the time, there was a lot of conversation about what to do. It was decided that it was so far away in time and influence that, well, you only get caught when you're successful. That's the game. Yep. And so he says, yeah, we got caught. Yeah. You know, he, he, at that point, you really can't argue the songs. The lyrics are so similar in a lot of ways yeah. uh, that he says, well, yeah, we paid for it. And then I'm still, I'm sure they made millions of dollars off that song even after the settlement. Uh, I, I've also heard that uh, Dixon used the settlement money to set up a program providing instruments for schools, mm, which is very cool. Yeah. That's cool. So in their own way, Led Zeppelin made philanthropy possible. That's right. There you <laughs> go. Indirectly. Exactly. So you've got this incredible driving riff and Robert Plant's howling vocals. But what makes this song even more special is the middle, uh, where the song dissolves to this spacey break. And you've got these ethereal sounds that swirl around your head. You know, when you're listening to uh, on a good stereo system or, or on some headphones, it's really kind of trans transfers you to another place. It's really cool. Mm. But then during this middle part, you've got a drum solo. You've got a guitar solo that's really good, too. You have a theremin solo. 
Nice. Like you kind of like the Beach Boys used. <laughs> yeah. I think I've I've even heard that that was some of the uh, the influence for using the theremin in this song was good vibrations. Good vibrations. Yeah. And you've also got the this. yeah, and you've got the moans of Robert Plant throughout this middle section as well. Eddie Kramer, the audio engineer, explained that the famous whole lot of love mix where everything is going bananas is a combination of Jimmy and myself just flying around on a small console, twiddling every knob node to man. I think that's pretty funny. You know, when you listen to it again, it's just crazy sounds mm -hmm. swirling around. It's really cool. One of the coolest parts at the end of this chaotic middle section is Plant's backward echo, where the quieter echo of his vocal comes before he sings the lines, if you remember the part that I'm talking about. And Kramer is also quoted as saying, at one point there was bleed through of a previously recorded vocal in the recording of Whole Lotta Love. It was the middle part where Robert Plant screams, woman, you need it. Since we couldn't re-record it at that point, oh. I just threw some echo on it to see how it would sound, and Jimmy Page said, great, just leave it. This was one of the first uses of backward echo. So the song, uh, as you can imagine, got heavy airplay. But many of the radio stations edited out by hand this freeform section in the middle because they thought that it was unfit to air on the radio. So the studio later released an edited version that was about two and a half minutes shorter for the radio stations to play. And some of these edited versions were released commercially and they became an instant collector's item. Mm. We've talked before about how Chuck Berry's Johnny B. Good was blasted into space to show alien civilizations, a quintessential uh, rock and roll song. I think if we were to send the prototypical heavy metal song into space, I think it would be a whole lot of love. But I also think that could be dangerous because the ETs would, uh, would invade in order to get more of it. <laughs> so, the ETs. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my mother one time asked me why I liked rock music. You know, what is it that, that you know, that, that I liked about it? And I remember we were riding, we were riding in the car one day and we were chatting about music and, and uh, I said, it's the energy. It's the energy that you get from the music. Mm -hmm. And so I played this song. I put in Led Zeppelin II in the CD player, cranked it up, and here I am letting my 60-something-year-old mom listen to da 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 and uh, it was pretty funny. Did she rock, did she rock out? Did she she rocked like out. Yeah. No, I think she just kind of sat there and went, oh, okay. It's nice, dear. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> I've told you this story before about, about my dad who despised rock and roll music that hated, even in, it, even in fact hated the Beatles, but he hated John Lennon. For some reason, John Lennon to him was evil personified. There was something about John Lennon that he'd read an article or something, probably all those years when he was in bed with Yoko Ono and they yeah, were, it, you know, posing was... naked or something. I don't know. <laughs> the hippie thing, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I remember going to see a movie in, in the 80s and, and at the end of the movie, they play Imagine. And so we get back out in the car after the movie and, you know, the end of the movie was very powerful and Imagine plays and it's, it's quite a good, quite a good ending. So we get back out in the car, and immediately I go to turn the radio on, you know, the rock and roll station. And he, you know, he flips my hand away, and he turns the radio off, and he's like, I hate that rock and roll music. I just hate it. I hate all kinds of rock and roll music, and I hate the Beatles and John Lennon, and you just are determined to listen to all of that crap. And he says, why can't you listen to music like at the end of that movie? Now, that was oh good gosh. music. <laughs> and I said, I'll try to do that more often, Dad. So did he listen to music at all? Oh, he did. You know, he he liked classical music, and he okay. he liked huh. things like, you know, Montavani, 
And um, it's really kind of funny today. He talks about he lives in he lives in Nevada and he talks about he wishes he could have gone to see Elvis, you know, back in the day. And when I was a kid, Elvis was mm. you know, he didn't like Elvis, right, you know, right. and so he's kind of he's kind of mellowed or either either that or he's gone senile that he doesn't remember that he used to tell me Elvis was evil. But, you know, he, he had an interesting – he let he let us listen to Neil Diamond, which was odd, and we listened to John Denver. So it wasn't all just, you know, that elevator music kind of music, although we did. You know, we had eight tracks of that. But wow. I never would understand why he would – to this day, I can't understand why he liked Neil Diamond, yeah. you know, and he didn't like some of those others. Why would he like Neil Diamond and yeah. not the Beatles? Or, yeah, listen to Rocky Mountain High. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, our kids will never be able to say – my parents wouldn't let me listen no. to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah well, I make, my, I make kid, my, my kids, kids listen. My kids tell me to turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you seen Led Zeppelin in concert live ever? No. no. Just curious. Yeah, me neither. Well, the only opportunity I think we would have had would have been. 2007. Yeah, the concert for yeah. Armand Hardigan. That's going to come out, though, in a movie. Yeah, and I think it is. Yeah, oh, we're going to have to go see that in IMAX. Yeah, you're going to have to come up here and see you it. Know, they, they did that Who. I wish we had gone and seen that, too. The Quadrophenia. Yeah, I would have liked to see that. Or, yeah. I, you know, I, the, the most recent concert I went to was Jethro Tull. Or, well, Ian Anderson. And he, right. he performed, um, the first half, he performed Thick as a Brick. And and so he played both Thick as a Brick 1 and Thick as a Brick 2. And I I was blown away. I mean, he's such a great performer. And in fact, I saw him about five years ago and he couldn't sing very well at the time. And I don't know, you know, I attributed it to old age and probably smoking and I saw that all tour. of those things. But then this time he sang quite a bit better. I was very, okay. and, and I was really, it was kind of moving the um, that it was just so good and powerful. And it was more like a production, uh, more like a, a musical review than it was a rock concert. It was It was really interesting the way they... You know the the way they set it up. Here's an interesting fact about Jethro Tull. Um, do you guys watch The Walking Dead? No. Uh, Walking Dead is incredible. I do. It's great. Yeah. Do you? And to our listeners, if you watch The Walking Dead, Rick Grimes is played by Andrew Lincoln, who is a really soft-spoken Englishman, um, who kind of reminds you of a. Perf- you know, if you listen to him in real life or see him speak in real life, he would remind you of somebody out of Harry Potter. You know, he just sort of, you know, one like the headmaster of Harry of Hogwarts, and he's Ian Anderson's son-in-law. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Rick Grimes, uh, Andrew Lincoln on The Walking Dead is Ian Anderson's son-in-law. I think that's really funny. I don't know what that has to do with whole lot of love. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, all this uh, romantic sentiment has really gotten me teared up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happy Valentine's yeah. Day to our wives. Uh, that would be my wife, singular. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and to uh, all of our listeners, we hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening. Happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's.